this is the education show unlocking opportunities in teaching and learning through collaboration proudly brought to you by zabuza.net once more it is the education show now you, you may have noticed if you are one of the fans of the education show off over the last little while we've been chatting about microsoft uh, 365 office 365 the power thereof and uh, i got a special guest joining me today he is a classroom success manager uh, a CSM for short, uh, Mohammed Sahib. Hello, Mohammed. Hi, David. How are you doing? Good, man. It's great to have you along with us. And, and you're going to be helping me with something that I always moan about, and that is uh, how to use teams and, and teams for teachers and students, because I get intimidated very easily by Microsoft. Uh, and everybody laughs at me because they say, uh, I have no reason to get intimidated. So we're going to dive into that in just a little bit. But uh, just before we, we do that, I'd like to get to know my guests a little bit better as well. Mohammed, tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you ended up in Microsoft. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, I just want to start off by saying uh, it's an absolute pleasure being here this morning, David. Um, I'm going to start off with the, the journey about uh, myself. And, uh, you know, you, you can jump in anytime and stop me because once I get going uh, with my story or a story, or even Microsoft Teams for that aspect, uh, I can't stop talking. So just a little bit about myself. Um, uh, I've, I've been in the education industry for some time now. Uh, this year might be uh, around the eighth year. And um, I'm, I'm going to leave Microsoft for last and just start at uh, my very first uh, place of employment after studying. And uh, I've started off as a uh, student advisor. And uh, the reason I, I started off as a student advisor was, um, you know, it, go, it goes back to the time when I was a student myself. Um, opportunities weren't uh, readily available. And, um, you know, back then when we had the decision to make uh, as to what you want to study, um, you know, uh, people in my family, especially the elders, was your options are, are purely limited um, and limited between uh, professionals. So if you're not a doctor, you're a lawyer or a teacher. Uh, and it made it very difficult uh, for me to find myself. You know, I, I ended up taking a gap year because I knew I only had one opportunity to study and this came from a bursary. Um, so the pressure was on and, you know, I, I've seen fellow uh, friends, family members who's made the mistake and entered a career which um, they didn't expect it to be out uh, uh, up until they got into either the second semester and, and they said, hey, hold on, this is not actually what, what I like or what I want to be. So, you know, I thought, let me break that chain and, and let me try and do something different. Uh, so when the opportunity came along to, you know, advise fellow students, I thought that I'd be doing the right thing um, to make sure that, you know, people are in the right careers and guided onto the right career path. Uh, and this comes along with, uh, by means of, uh, you know, assessments, you know, finding out what uh, students are good at, uh, where your strong uh, points lie, what what would you want to ideally uh, do and put them in in a, what, what I like to call um, a day in the life of A, uh, if you wanted to be an accountant, or lawyer, or whatever it might be, uh, just so that they could get a feel of it. And, you know, I stayed in, in, in that position uh, for quite some time, enjoying it and, and trying to change um, <clears throat> the whole aspect around, you know, just parents wanting students to be a specific um, a person or choosing a career, a specific career path. 
Um, so I really enjoyed that role and uh, I transitioned from that role uh, from one institute into the other, um, doing the exact same thing, but in a more senior role, having uh, student advisors, um, you know, uh, under me, guiding them and so forth. Um, and last but not least, uh, the, the the last role that I had was actually uh, educating and, and it's something that I love doing. Uh, I'm passionate about education. Uh, so I've actually uh, managed to lecture around um, ICT and um, IT being my main module, uh, digital citizenship, you know, um, teaching students how to use a computer for the first time before wanting to study IT. Again, just breaking that uh, that chain with the digital divide um, is what I enjoy doing. And uh, um, one day uh, du during a lecture, you know, I, I get an email to say that, there's an opportunity at Microsoft. And, you know, growing up uh, uh, as a little boy, uh, wanting to work at, um, at, at a big IT um, enterprise like, like Microsoft is purely a dream. Uh, so I jumped onto the opportunity and, and not because uh, of, uh, you know, just a single approach, but being able to change many lives um, using the position, uh, I, I think was phenomenal. So um, I started my journey with Microsoft uh, a whole two years ago, um, and um, it, it's been a learning process of which uh, I'm still a part of, learning every single day um, something new. So that's just a little bit about my story, David. Wonderful stuff. And, and you know what? It's so, it's so good to hear that you are so passionate because, I mean, that's one of the reasons I do the show as well is that for me, education is absolutely vital. It is the future of our country. And of course, lifelong learning. I'm a big fan. You know, um, I've, I've passed, I think, I, I think you could comfortably say I've just skipped past middle age and I still learn every single day. So the one thing I've battled learning though, and that's my own problem and my own fault, is uh, Microsoft Teams. Now, you are right, you're a fundy on Microsoft Teams. You love it and you love what it's able to do. Talk to me a little bit, Mohammed, about Teams. What is it? What does it do? Yeah, sure, David. And uh, and I think, uh, you know, going back to your very first statement that um, you're a little bit scared of Microsoft Teams and, you know, you hear people talking about it all the time and, and you're not the only person. So um, just to put you into uh, perspective uh, before I go into Microsoft Teams, you know, uh, part of uh, what I do on an everyday basis as a CSM or a classroom success manager is I deal on an everyday basis with educators, um, with subject advisors from provincial houses, with students themselves, faculty members, staff members, admin members. So everybody who's in one way or another affiliated under an education organization he's, is who I engage with. And the first question I get is, you know, Mohammed, what is Microsoft Teams? And straight after that, how do we use it? Do we have to use it? So, you know, from my perspective, the first thing that I sense is fear, fear to technology. And, you know, the best way possible for me to um, not explain, but, but to tell you a little bit about Microsoft Teams, uh, Microsoft Teams is simply, um, a platform that we use for communication. And I understand that, you know, we use multiple platforms in this day and age uh, to communicate with one another, you know. Times have evolved uh, from writing letters um, into just popping an, an SMS perhaps or um, a text, you know, to find out how um, one is. So it's a communication platform, but it's enhanced into a collaboration platform as well. 
So it combines these two, communication and collaboration. And what we can do with these two is actually phenomenal. You know, whether you're in a corporate world, whether you're using it for um, a social platform, but specific to education, when you put communication and collaboration together, um, then you have something that's really powerful. So I'd like you to, you know, when you think of Microsoft Teams, is think about a communication platform with the advantage of having collaboration integrated into it. When we talk about collaboration, we talk about working together. We talk about working with one another. So, David, what I'd like you to do, and, and this is what I, I often tell most of uh, my attendees in a the, in the training session, if they're with me for the first time, is, you know, if you're an educator, imagine yourself being in a traditional classroom, okay, with your students. And if you're a student, likewise, use the same thoughts of, um, or, or the same imagination process of you being in a classroom because whatever you're able to do with your students or your educator in a classroom is what you're able to do on the Microsoft Teams platform for education. Okay, that's a great place to start. Let's, let's, let's do that because what I like is, and, and I think we've, we've got the, the, the aspect of it being a communication platform, at least I have, um, and it's very much like a number of them where you can talk to people, you can have video, et cetera, et cetera. But now for students and for teachers, this collaboration and learning bit, this is important. So let's dive a little bit into that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, when it comes to communication, we often sending a text or a call through to one another, right? And, you know, it wasn't too long ago when we were affected by, by the pandemic and uh, it, it really spiked up um, the usage for Microsoft Teams because we were put in a situation where we were able to communicate with students. And fortunately, we are in the 20, uh, 21st century, right? We, we're able to communicate with one another. But how do we enhance this process to actually you know, teach and learn using a platform? And I think this is where um, most people's eyes actually open towards Microsoft Teams as, as the preferred platform. So when we talk about communication, you know, we're able to communicate with a student, a specific student or a group of students. But as an educator, how do you have control over a group of students? How are you able to you know, verify that my student is able to digest the content that I'm giving to them. Uh, so by means of text, it, it, it's a form of limitation uh, for an educator. But when it comes to collaboration, you know, it comes to things like file sharing. It's, it makes my life easy as an educator to send over a file to my students, okay? But what happens with that file? Is a student now, um, is it compulsory for them to, you know, have a printer to print it out, fill it in and scan it back to the educator because this is data heavy. Um, and we live in a, in a country where, you know, data is valuable. Um, not everybody has access to data. And if you do have access to data, um, your data might be compromised at specific periods of time. So using a platform like Microsoft Teams, you're able to collaborate. And when we say collaborate, David, if I'm sending you a, a Microsoft Word document and, I'm, and I have five questions on that document, I'm able to send that to you and my entire class as well. So 30 of my other students and my students are able to collaborate on a single document at one time with me. So I'd like you to think of it as, 
you know, the whiteboard that we have in front of the class and whether it's a blackboard that you're writing with chalk or whiteboard that you're writing with uh, a marker, it's the same concept. You know, when a student picks up their hand or if you're asking them, what is two plus two? The student is able to come up and write on that whiteboard um, the answer for. And then we have another student who has a different method of answering um, that the sum that you gave to them. So if they have three oranges plus one, which will give you four, you're able to see the working out and the methodology behind the actual sum. And this is a learning process for everybody else that's in the class. So that's one way of collaboration, sending files and working on one single file together. And just to put you into perspective, I'm the type of person who likes to take things to the limit. And you know, when I started at Microsoft, I often asked, is it possible to break this specific platform? Or, you know, if you do this, are you able to? And I've tried breaking the platform many a time. So in my training sessions, I try and get as many people, whether you educators, staff members, um, students, get as many people as possible to collaborate on a single document and see how that works. And it's highly possible. So collaboration comes into play. Um, as a big advantage and, and a core component of Microsoft Teams. And, you know, um, I, I often refer to the classroom because of, of my role. Um, but even myself, up to date, I'm able to um, collaborate on a single document, whether it's, you know, working on a PowerPoint presentation for today's uh, session that we're having. I'm able to talk to my colleagues or, or ask for their input on this PowerPoint presentation um, whether they in um, uh, in Dubai or in another country, uh, I'm highly able to do that. Which I think so, is, is wonderful. So just a quick one, Mohammed. I'm, I'm just thinking now um, in terms of this collaboration. So if you are sharing a document with, with 30 of your, your, your students, your class members, where's that document stored though? Because what happens, uh, we know this country we live in that uh, power failures, um, or, or as Eskim likes to call it, load shedding uh, happens. It, am I going to lose all that information? Yeah, uh, and I think this is a vital question, and, and it comes from students as well as educators, right? Because if you look at it, uh, educators plan ahead. Okay, so myself, as a previous educator, I'd plan out for my entire first semester or first term if, we, if we're talking about K-12. So where is all of my work actually stored? And uh, when I say work, my files that I intend on sharing with students, um, once shared, where are they stored? And they're stored in, inside of the cloud, right? And uh, I've been through a couple of, of the previous uh, podcasts that we have, and I, I know that my colleagues explained the uh, Office 365 and M365. So we, we have an idea of, you know, cloud-based storage. So... I want to tap into one of the components that are integratable inside of Microsoft Teams. And when we talk about integratable and integrating applications inside of Microsoft Teams, your Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, your um, images, different formats of images, your videos, um, MP4s, no matter what format it might be, we're able to send and store across Microsoft Teams. So as an educator, the platform of my choice, when I start off my day at seven o'clock, I will open Microsoft Teams. And if I want to open Microsoft Word, I'm able to open it inside of Teams. If I want to open up my email, I'm able to share and open up an email inside of Microsoft Teams, like I am with the PowerPoints and so forth. But where is all of this data stored? 
okay? It's stored in a cloud. And what we have integrated inside of Microsoft Teams is what we call Microsoft OneDrive, okay? Microsoft OneDrive is a cloud storage, which students, as well as educators, staff members, faculty members, have access to one terabyte of cloud storage data. And if you think of what is one terabyte, it's just over a thousand gigabytes. So what I like to do and how I like to explain this, right? Whether I'm talking to students or educators or anybody else is, you have what we call a flash drive or an external hard drive. Okay, and we use this on, on an everyday basis. I've been through countless of flash drives. I've managed to take, I don't know how many out uh, of, of the washing machine, try to dry them out with the blow dry. So, you know, my data is at risk. Okay, so whether I'm storing, even on my local drive, my data is at risk. And, you know, being a student and being an educator as well, and this is where I get a, a few laughs, is I'm able to establish now, um, that there's 101 excuses that comes through. You know, my dog ate my homework, my homework got wet in the rain, I left my homework at, you know, my cousin's place, or whatever it might be. So to eliminate the student from leaving their homework elsewhere, we're able to store every single file, document, or piece of homework onto Microsoft Teams, okay? And we're able to access it from any device. So. When we log into Office 365 or Microsoft Teams, we log in with our credentials that were given to us either by our province or our school, okay? And for any, at any given stage, if a student perhaps loses their device, okay? Or they lose perhaps, um, okay, let's say they lose their device and they want to go home and complete their work, they're able to do so by using mom's laptop or dad's cell phone, they're still able to log in and have all of their work kept in one single place, which is stored where? On the cloud. Likewise, with educators, they're able to replicate the entire term's work for next year, 2022's uh, grade four class by simply copying over the files and pasting them into 2022. So it's stored in a safe place, which is known as a cloud, uh, but the Microsoft term for it is uh, Microsoft OneDrive. And this is integrated inside of Microsoft Teams. So literally, if I, if I start off as a student at, at whatever age, <coughs> excuse me, at whatever age people are starting off these days, um, I can have that OneDrive and those folders essentially follow me throughout my entire school career. Uh, David, I think you you hit the nail on the head here. And and this is the, the aim and the purpose of it, right? From grade one or grade R up to grade seven, I'm able to backtrack my work all the way back. If I'm now in grade seven and I've started using Microsoft Teams in grade one, I have the ability to backtrack my work all the way going to grade one. So the the idea here is to, you know, keep a track of my journey as well, my progress and my journey. So I'm able to take my OneDrive with me wherever I go. And perhaps if you feel that, you know, one terabyte is not enough, like I earlier said, I'm the type of person to take things to the limits. And trust me, it's been going on to two years at Microsoft and I haven't even reached the quarter of my uh, cloud storage as yet. If you feel that, you know, what do I do if, if, if I run short of storage? 
I'm able to actually, you know, get more storage. So I can go up to five terabytes and, and so forth and obviously scale that out. So the whole idea here is, is to keep a journey, uh, a remembrance and a reference of, of the work that I've done prior uh, to my grades. Wonderful. Okay. And then obviously for teachers, this is great because if I'm preparing, um, let's say I want to do a PowerPoint presentation and I want to carry stuff across in a, in a visual video-based style with sound effects or whatever the case may be, I can do all of that on PowerPoint within uh, Microsoft Teams and then make that available to all my students as well. Exactly. So, you know, this is a good example that you pitched, David. And, uh, you know, working on a PowerPoint presentation, now more than ever, you know, we, we use these, these buzzwords, uh, hybrid learning, remote teaching and learning. Um, I'm able to, you know, put this PowerPoint presentation through together and, and send it to David. And both of us can work together. You and I can work together on this PowerPoint pr uh, presentation before we actually present it, right? And we able to send videos or integrate videos and so forth. And once we're ready to present it, we present it to a group of students. Where do we have these students? Because it makes it a difficult task to send it to, you know, 30 students individually inside of my class. So here's a component that sits inside a Teams called Microsoft Teams, right? It's called Teams itself. And what Teams does for us is it puts a group of people together, right? In a single team that we're able to communicate, collaborate, send files to. And from an educator perspective, I'm able to now initiate assessments, assignments, view the statistics and analytics of my class to see that, you know, is this class team of mine actually proactive? How many students do I have? I have 30 students in my class of which only 28 students are active. What happens to the other two students during my class? Because they've never shared a file. They've never been interactive inside of my sessions and so forth. So the analytics part of it is also great, right? But when I share this presentation to the 30 students in this team, they all have access to it. But educators sometimes send out a communication or a file that you want to restrict. You only want students to have reference to it, to either read it or view it, okay? You don't want them to make any edits, download, you know, take a screenshot of it and so forth because it might be confidential. So we can now enable specific rights to a file or a document as well. So David, I just want to go through one, one part of it, which I think is important, right? Talking about a team, there's different components that, that sit or live within Microsoft Teams. And these are what we call features. And, you know, training on Microsoft Teams on an everyday basis, I get asked, what are the features of Microsoft Teams? And like I earlier mentioned, there's plenty and I can go on talking. But if you've ever been onto Microsoft Teams, the platform itself, it's absolutely user-friendly, right? And I'm not saying that because I've been using it extensively um, for eight to eight to 12 hours a day. I'm saying that because on the left-hand pane, we have what sits on, on the left-hand pane is what we call the me space, the ME space. And the me space is where I navigate to where I want to go 
or what task I want to fulfill. And on this pane, if you have an education license or you're part of an education um, institute, you'd find that we have just five applications that sit on the me space. One, activity, which measures everything that's relevant to me. So I like to talk about activity because, you know, I have people using Microsoft Teams, but they don't really know what the activity um, feature does for you. And, and it's really helpful. Being an educator or student, you know, I'm able to take my term holidays or my weekends. Uh, but what happens if I'm off, but work still carries on, right? In the activity, anything that's relevant to myself would be mentioned there. So if someone says, you know, Mohammed, please complete this task once you're back three weeks ago and I have a four week holiday, doesn't necessarily mean on that first day of work or first day back at school, I got to backtrack through each message to see where I've been mentioned or, or what task has been, uh, you know, assigned to me. So activity measures anything that's relevant to me or any task or any assignment that has been assigned to me as an individual. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's actually very, very helpful. Yeah, so that, that's just one of five applications. You know, I've mentioned the chat application as well. And this is to initiate a quick chat. So, you know, if I just go to chat and type in, you know, David, um, what time would we like to present our, our PowerPoint presentation that we've been building? I'd send you a quick text, you know, because it's just a simple chat. But there's a big difference between a chat and a team, and especially in an education institute, because a chat, you know, I could be talking to someone along the corridor about homework that they've missed out um, and so forth. So I'd like you to think of it in that specific way. A chat is something that's casual, that can take place anywhere. Um, the next component is a team, which we touched upon. And a team is your actual virtual classroom of which your students sit within, and your teachers. And here comes up the question, you know, uh, Mohammed, we had TAs or um, uh, teacher assistants that were assigned to us during this, this period where we were overwhelmed as, as educators. So teachers, uh, teacher assistants were assigned to our school that were able to assist us. We were able to co-teach in one classroom, right? So if it's maths, algebra, Mr. Mohammed could be one teacher and uh, Mr. Alex could be the co-teacher. So we could co-teach and, you know, send resources to the students all at once inside of one classroom because it's specific to maths algebra. But inside of the classroom, there's much that goes on. And similar to our traditional classrooms, our teacher has access to more than the students. So students have what we call restrictions. You know, students aren't able to go inside of this class and share resources um, or perhaps, you know, unmute other students, mute other students, because at the end of the day, you know, students would be students. Students, when they see, um, you know, a, a button that's labeled do not click, they're bound to click it. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So in, in order for us to, you know, eliminate uh, the time wastage, the disturbances, as an educator, as much as um, uh, restrictions I, I put into my traditional classroom, I put into my virtual classroom as well. Uh, so it makes it easy. Students are identified as members, whereas educators are identified as owners of the team. 
So as an owner of the team, you know, I'm able to add in a new student who popped in two weeks uh, later than um, uh, the other students. I'm able to allow them access or grant them access to my team and the resources that were shared prior to when they joined so they can catch up. Um, I'm able to remove students if they dropped out from my class. If a student is perhaps not in my class or assigned wrongfully to my class, I'm able to, you know, guide them to a class that they are supposed to be in. So I still have uh, the rights and, and the role as an education, uh, educator in a virtual um, classroom as well. Fantastic. Now, one question, and you've probably got an answer, and it's probably a very simple one. But if I think back to my school days, if I didn't understand something, I would have to put my hand up in the air and go, sorry, teacher, please, can you explain? How do you do that virtually? Yeah, and and this is a valid question because it branches into many different aspects, right? Um, so we find that, you know, students inside of a classroom might have questions, but everybody's new uh, to the platform. You might be new to the platform teams and, you know, you might be not as confident as, as the student who's been using teams prior to, to yourself. So, you know, as a student, if you have a question inside of a virtual, and, and we call it a virtual classroom, right? You have multiple options. One, if you're not vocal, and, you know, you don't want to voice your question because you, you're not confident as yet. You're able to pop it into a secure chat, okay? That's your first option. But that chat is visible to everybody else in the class. So if the student is still not confident that, you know, other students might be able to see this question, and I feel that this question might not be, uh, or it might be a little bit silly to other students, you have the opportunity to, pop into the previous feature, which I mentioned, which was chat and direct message your teacher and say, you know, Mr. Muhammad, I don't understand question three. Could you please elaborate? So I don't need to mention that, you know, Samantha has asked uh, guys, Samantha mentioned question three. I can do it in confidence that, you know, let me go over question three again so that everybody understands. So this eliminates students from being too quiet. Also, David, what I want to mention is that I see this happening because I engage with educators on an everyday basis. You know, not every student is, an, is as engaging as they are in a traditional classroom, right? So we have tools to enhance this process. And these tools are integrated into our virtual class. One of them is Microsoft Forms, okay? So Microsoft Forms allows me to go at the last 10 minutes of my class and say, you know, class, how, do you, how did you feel about today's session? Did you get to ask enough questions? Was, it, was there enough content covered? Do you need um, me to elaborate further? And this form can remain anonymous. So students can give feedback without me having to see their name. Or another method, students can give me feedback with the educators seeing their name, but the students unable to identify whose is who. Uh, or whose um, response came from where. So this plays a vital role. Questions play a vital role. But besides questions, you know, inside of a virtual classroom, what else do we have that compares to the traditional classroom or enhances the traditional physical classroom? We have what we call um, a class notebook, which is a digital version of the student's actual um, you know, you know, hardcover book, those A5, A4 uh, books that we used to take to school. 
Uh, and if there was um, somewhat uh, a, a dog's ear on it, uh, we'd be in big trouble, right? So we had to take utmost care and respect those books. But, you know, taking that book to and from school is also a risk. So class notebook is actually a virtual book that the student has, which is integrated inside of a team. Okay. And, and the student is actually able to take maths algebra as a subject and work through maths algebra question one, two, three. For me as an educator, all I do is distribute my work to maths algebra. All of my 30 students will have a notification pop up in the activity to say, Mr. Muhammad has assigned new homework that was distributed. Please check your, your notebook. Students will go in and fill in their notebook, right? And this is, it's not determined by what device, okay? It is preferably, um, I could say it's easier to use on a touchscreen device, but if you don't have a touchscreen device, you can even navigate your class notebook from a simple cell phone, okay? So when that student completes their work at five or five o'clock, six o'clock, whenever it might be, Mohammed can pop into the student's notebook lifetime and start marking that book. And the student actually sees the ticks and the crosses and uh, the corrections from the teacher happening live time. And this is what, when we talk about collaboration, this is true, true, true collaboration happening at a lifetime pace. So then, Mohammed, by, by association then with what you're saying is if, if somebody has done their test or their exam and I'm busy marking it, I can then also make comments to them to say, look, look at this, look at this, rather do this. Um, so that's the first part of the question. The second part is, is there now, is it like one notebook and the pun is intended there, one notebook um, that can, can contain all of your various subjects? Yes, yes. So let me go to your first part, right? Uh, as an educator, you know, you find that a student might have had a, a challenge with, with the mathematics question. And that student reaches out to me to say, you know, Mohammed um, or Mr. Mohammed, uh, at one o'clock, I know you scheduled time to do some, um, some homework with students that didn't understand question three. This can happen virtually because a student can open their algebra one note or, or, or class notebook and I can have it open at home and I can simply go and do the corrections with the student or show them different methods on that one note and it happens lifetime. So we're collaborating. Your second part of your question, David, um, was, uh, you know, is this a singular notebook or are they multiple notebooks? So when you open class notebook, what you find is we have what we call sections and pages. Your sections are your different subjects. So your English, your maths, your Afrikaans. So your different educators will be assigned to those textbooks, right? And your pages are actually your, your, your class notebooks that, that live within it. So it, it's structured really easy, easily. And, and it's, it's simple because I'll tell you why. Students often have, and, and I, I taught in, in higher ed, right? And I used a massive whiteboard inside of my class. And what I figured out was, you know, students have the ability to listen more and write less because they're able to concentrate on Muhammad's lesson because they know he's not going to busy erase the board while he's talking. So I leave my notes and I say, do not take down notes at this time. Listen 
and engage and participate, and we make it a uh, um, a conversation, um, the lesson, right? And what students often do towards that last 15 minutes of the class is they pull out their cell phones and they take a picture of the board. They're able to store this picture on their class notebook as a reference. To take it a step further, they can take this picture and scan it. And when they scan the picture, it ends up in normal text as well. So it can go on to a uh, Word document as well. So that's just the, the, the answers to, to your two questions, David. Wonderful. Mohammed. I can't believe it, but uh, we're starting to run out of time here. And I think there's, there's just so much to talk about it. It sounds like an absolutely fantastic platform. So my question is, if somebody is an educator or a student um, and they are required to use Teams, is there some form of training that they can attend? Is there somewhere they can go to to learn how to use this? Oh, definitely, David. And, uh, you know, like you said, we, I think we, we're running short of time. Th this was just simply two aspects of Microsoft Teams. Um, and should there be an educator, should there be a student that's wanting to know a little bit more about Microsoft Teams, um, your best option, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this URL, David. It's, it's called education.microsoft.com. Yep. Okay. And we, we often refer to this as the Microsoft Educator Center, the MEC, right? And we speak a lot about abbreviations. So the Microsoft Educator Center. When you go into the Microsoft Educator Center, you'd find there are, there's literally a wealth of courses, information and knowledge that you can absorb from here. It could be overwhelming, but what we like to start with, if you look at the top tabs, it says training. You know, you can start with a, uh, a simple course and type in Microsoft Teams and from the dead basic, it will take you through an overview of Microsoft Teams, how to navigate Microsoft Teams, how to find the application and launch it and so forth. But what I like about the Microsoft Educator Center, especially for my educators, is that you're able to actually take up a course or learning path. And for every course that you take up or learning path that you complete, you have what we call an achievement um, by means of you have a, 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 a um, certificate that you're able to print out um, or you have a virtual badge that shows that you're competent now in Microsoft Teams. So let's now go and explore Microsoft OneNote and get a badge for that and so forth. So it, it's, it's absolutely rewarding as well. I often take whatever badge that I, um, uh, or course that I've completed and badge that I've achieved, and I throw it onto my um, Microsoft Signature so that when I engage with people, it starts bringing off awareness. Mohammed, you completed Microsoft Teams advanced level. Can you do a quick demo for us? And I'm ever willing to do that. So education.microsoft.com is your go-to uh, place if, if you have or want to know anything further about anything that I've mentioned today. Fantastic stuff. So it's education.microsoft.com. Check it out there. Some more and uh, additional training. Mohammed, I know you're a very, very busy person. So thank you so much for taking the time out and having a chat to us. Um, for me personally, you've certainly shed some light on what Teams is all about. So thank you for that. And once again, just thank you for your time. 
it's an absolute pleasure uh, being with you this morning and and obviously sharing this information it's it's what i do on an everyday basis and i simply enjoy it uh thank you very much for having me david and enjoy the rest of your day there we go thank you that was uh, mohammed sahib who is a classroom success manager at microsoft we're talking microsoft teams what a wealth of information go out check it out make it part of your routine and your daily life uh, wraps it up for us though so to each and every one of you take care look after yourselves and thank you for listening that was the education show simply learn join the conversation on zebuza.net That's Z-I-B-U-Z-A dot net.